Thank you for listening to The New Norm. I'm Frank Caramano. We have a short week, so we are on a Tuesday for the preview uh, of this game um, as it is Thursday night. Um, (laughs) There's a lot to talk about today because lots of trades were made in the NFL, and uh, we're going to start with that. We're going to go over the Eagles and the Texans. Um, We're going to go over what, you know, what I think are the top five teams in the NFL. And I do want to talk about the top five quarterbacks currently playing in the NFL. And again, it's a list. It means absolutely nothing, but it's just kind of getting your sense of the moment right now and kind of giving a sense of with those type of things where maybe your thoughts were prior to the season and what's kind of, you know, come through and what's played out this season. But first, like I said, it was a big day in the NFL in terms of trades a record-setting day, and there were a bunch of them. But what we're going to do is we're going to go over all of them. Now, the Eagles made one trade. It was Robert Quinn. It's a fantastic trade, but it was made last week. The Eagles were not involved in any trades today. There were a lot of, you know, things going on, a lot of names you heard. Like today you heard the Eagles calling about Kareem Hunt. Did they call about Jamal Williams from Detroit? Uh... The idea was out there that the Eagles were looking to upgrade at their second running back position. They didn't do it. Uh, a name you heard was Naheem Hines. He ended up going to Buffalo. You saw the price it was for him to go to Buffalo. So let me tell you this. If the Eagles were really, really like all in on getting another running back, they could have easily done it. it, it to me, it's like I, I think they called. If something came about that was very you know friendly, they would do it. Once they traded that fourth round pick for Quinn, you got to realize this. They only have six picks next year. And I know people hear that and they go, well, you got two first rounders. You know, you can always trade one back. They traded a lot of picks to get Jordan Davis. You know, they traded picks to get A.J. Brown, two of which. These are extra players, you know, and and don't get me wrong. These aren't bad trades by any stretch. I mean, A.J. Brown especially. But the point being here is they do want to get some of these picks because how you fill a roster in the NFL, it's like, yeah, you fill it through the draft, but it's not because simply because you just want to get young players, but it's cost efficient. That's the main reason. And having six isn't ideal. You kind of want to have between seven and 10. That's why there's seven rounds. That's why they award you a pick every round. That's why they award compensatory picks. So you actually get more than seven most years for some teams. I I would say... That's probably the main reason the Eagles didn't do anything. If something came about where it was just too good to pass, I'm sure they would have. I mean, clearly, it's not just that they needed another running back, because they really don't. I mean, I like Boston Scott. I like Kenny Gainwell. I know Kenny Gainwell has had his, you know, hasn't been the player we thought he would be going into the season. He hasn't really progressed. I mean, he's responsible for one of Hurts' interceptions, but I mean... It's not like Kenny Gainwell has been some type of disaster. I know the biggest issue with him right now is blitz pickup. Okay. Well, Boston Scott's played all right when he's had to get on the field. There's another guy sitting there too, by the way, Trey Sermon. I actually think Trey Sermon has something to offer. Now, again, it's all speculation because Trey Sermon hasn't really had the opportunity in the NFL to prove it, but he's there for a reason. And you know what I mean? At that position... Eventually, you're probably going to need a guy like Trey Sermon. He's a big bruiser. He's different than what we have. 
And, and I think that come the end of the year, Trey Sermon's going to start becoming more of a factor for this team. Right now, he's been inactive, and as he should be. I mean, we have you don't need five running backs active or four running backs active for a game. They have their three running backs active every game. But I'm telling you, I have a feeling we're going to eventually see and need Trey Sermon to step in, and he's going to be able to do the job pretty well. I mean, he had two carries against Jacksonville. I mean, the guy's got essentially a 10 yards per carry rushing right now. So I, I, I just think that, like, he dominated at Ohio State. Yes, it did not work out in San Francisco, but they quit on him so quick. I mean, really, one season and they moved on? Okay. And heck, maybe they're right, but I just think that he's still so young, and that's a guy I'm really anticipating the Eagles giving a shot to. That's why I didn't want to go out and make any of these trades. I, I get it. A Kareem Hunt is proven. Uh, J- Jamal Williams is proven. You know, uh... Naeem Hines, and Naeem Hines, at least he offered something different in terms of he could be a kick and punt returner because clearly they're not impressed with Covey. And, okay, I I mean, I could sit here and try to defend Britton Covey. Uh, Is Britton Covey going to hit a home run? It doesn't look like he's a home run hitter as a punt returner. You know, I mean, it is what it is. He hit some home runs in college. He hasn't done anything yet to show us that he could hit home runs in, in the NFL. So I get it. You want to get a home run hitter back there. Naeem Hines definitely could do that. But the Eagles chose not to for a reason. If it's not broken, don't fix it. Now, their special teams may be broken. So, yeah, trying to fix that is all well and good. But it's just the offense and the defense. If it's not broken, don't try to fix it. And right now, it's really not broken. I mean, yes, getting a a defensive end was was crucial because, again, they, remember this, too. The Quinn move was more or less because they lost Derek Barnett. This was more or less a replacement. It wasn't really an upgrade. The Eagles have a loaded roster. This today could have been, obviously, something that, you know, could have pushed the team a little bit more forward. But at the same time, you, you can't just go completely all in. I mean, you could, but you better win, you know? And I'm not saying the Eagles won't win, but I mean, it's they have the foundation here to not just win this year, to win next year, to win the year after, to win the year after that, because they went from being a very old team to a very young team very fast. And there's no need to just punt this window into one season, because this window could be extended, extended, and extended. And the Eagles could be threats to win the Super Bowl, if not favorites to win the Super Bowl, every year for the next five years. And I mean that. I mean that wholeheartedly, 100%. That's what we got right now. We accumulated all these assets to get a quarterback in case Jalen Hurts didn't work out. Spoiler, he worked out like I knew he would. So now we have all these assets to just make this damn team better, and that's what we're going to do. Now let's go around the trades. What happened here? Who were the trades in the NFL? So it started with a couple weeks ago with the Panthers trading Christian McCaffrey to the Dolphins because there were 20 of them to the Dolphins. Christian McCaffrey to the 49ers. Um... Bradley Chubb, the defensive end for Denver, was traded. He was traded to the Miami Dolphins. Calvin Ridley was traded to the Jaguars. Now, let's talk about Calvin Ridley for a second because Calvin Ridley was going to be an eagle. If Calvin Ridley did not get suspended for gambling on the NFL, he would be an eagle right now. The Eagles were going to make that trade with the Falcons. It wasn't going to be a first-round pick, but if they make that trade last March for Calvin Ridley, A.J. Brown is not an eagle. Think about that. Like, if if Calvin Ridley was not suspended for the year, didn't do that gambling thing, he's an eagle right now, and A.J. Brown isn't, 
and we have two first-round picks. One's probably Davis. The other one's probably Trent McDuffie, who's been hurt, by the way, for the Chiefs. So James Bradbury's probably not an Eagle either. Like, think about that chain of events. Like, isn't that wild? It's just wild to think about that. If Calvin Ridley doesn't get suspended, the Eagles don't have A.J. Brown and more than likely don't have James Bradbury. It's just nuts. Now, yeah, you could say maybe Bradbury still signs with the Eagles and McDuffie becomes the third corner. Very possible. But as a first-round pick, generally first-round picks a corner they play. Just a wild chain of events. But he was traded to the Jaguars for a fifth-round pick and then a conditional fourth that could become a third, and if he signs an extension, becomes a second. Good for the Jaguars. I mean, that's a, that's a move you make. Obviously, you can't play this year, but you're making it for next year. They're looking to the future. And, and remember, Calvin Ridley, it's not like he's some type of scrub. The guy could play. It's just two years ago, he took a leave of absence from playing in the NFL and then obviously was suspended this year. So I don't know how much better he's going to be because it's been essentially two full years since he played football, but the talent is clearly there. Uh, Roquan Smith, Bears, all-pro linebacker, was traded to the Ravens for a second-round pick. TJ Hawkinson, traded from the Lions to the Vikings for a second and third-round pick and then some fourth-rounders going back. But that's a great move for the Vikings. Like, you know what's funny? We're going to talk about the Vikings in a little bit anyway, but man, they're 6-1. and one. Like, they're no scrub team. Like, they are absolutely 100% in it. It reminds me, ironically, the year the Eagles won the Super Bowl, right? When we won the Super Bowl, who did we beat in the NFC Championship game? We beat Minnesota. And Minnesota that year was just cruising along. I think they ended up 13-3 and that season. They were the number two seed in the NFC, ironically again. And nobody took them serious because Case Keenum was their quarterback. Just like nobody takes this team serious because Kirk Cousins is their quarterback. And I, I get it because Kirk Cousins has had some insane failures. But they're just cruising there. They're a solid team. I mean, I know the Eagles beat them up pretty good on a Monday night game. I, I, I mean, obviously, we all saw it. I mean, there were some things in that game that could have went Minnesota's way, and it's a lot closer. If Irv Smith catches that bomb touchdown, if they don't let Aaron Sipos chase them down on a block field goal. Now, to be fair also, I think the Eagles took their foot off the gas to start the third quarter, which was ridiculous. But, you know, hey, I, I, I'm just saying here. Minnesota, again, I think that's a great, great move because Hawkinson is a first-round pick, by the way, and the guy could play football. Now, the most baffling trade of the day was uh, Chase Claypool to the Bears for a second-round pick. It's like, what in the free? Are you kidding me? The Steelers robbed the Chicago Bears, and they were probably going to rob the Green Bay Packers because I heard the Packers were offering the same thing. A second-round pick for Claypool. The Steelers were probably benching Claypool themselves if Calvin Austin didn't get hurt. Or he was at least split in time. They got a second-round pick for him. And it's potentially going to be an upgraded second-round pick from when they took him in 2020. He should have been... They should have picked Jalen Hurts. They even talked about it. Like we said, we talked about this on Sunday. They talked about that on the broadcast. But they took Chase Claypool. And now the Bears, for some bizarre reason, traded a second-round pick for Chase Claypool. Uh, Kadarius Toney, the Giants' first-round pick last year, when they wanted Devontae Smith, they ended up with Kadarius Toney. They traded him to the Chiefs. We talked about Quinn to the Eagles, uh, Naheem Hines. We talked about him to the Bills from the Colts. Jeff Wilson, the 49ers running back, 
You know, he kind of lost his job there when Christian McCaffrey came in. Well, he was traded to the Dolphins. And, and again, that's... I, I must tell you that Elijah Mitchell's coming back because you don't just get rid of a backup running back, especially for McCaffrey when he's been hurt himself. But uh, the Niners felt comfortable. My guess that tells me is Mitchell's going to be coming back pretty soon. James Robinson was traded a couple weeks ago, or about a week and a half ago, from uh, the Jaguars to the Jets to make up for Brees Hall's injury. Chase Edmonds, the Dolphins' other backup running back, he was traded from the Dolphins to the Broncos. Zach Moss went in the Naheem Hines trade, so he went to the Colts from the Bills. William Jackson, the corner for the Commanders. He wasn't playing, he asked out. Well, he went to the Steelers for a couple late-round picks. They needed help at corner. We saw that on Sunday more than ever, and they saw it too, and they went and got Jackson. Uh, Jacob Martin from the Jets to the Broncos. Rashad Fenton from the Chiefs to the Falcons. Jonathan Hankins, this was the defensive tackle from the Raiders to the Cowboys. Robbie Anderson, you know how he had the famous fight there with the Panthers on the sideline a couple weeks ago? Well, he was traded after that from the Panthers to the Cardinals. Deion Jones from the Falcons to the Browns, and Dean Marlowe from the Falcons to the Bills. Those were the 20 trades. You know, I, I'd assume the most popular of them all will be the Christian McCaffrey from the Panthers to the 49ers. That was the, the biggest price, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Bradley Chubb was up there too, but, you know, I heard Brian Burns' his name today for two first-round picks by the Rams. They supposedly offered it because they just don't like draft picks. And the... Panthers said no. So that is a wrap-up of what happened today with all the trades. So there's no more trades, whatever. They're done. Another thing that popped up today that I, I was I heard and I wanted to make sure and double-check was strength of schedule. You know how this was? It's so funny. Everything flies back to five years ago when we were the last time we considered ourselves legitimate Super Bowl contenders. I mean, four years ago we were as well coming off that Super Bowl. But... Um, all you keep hearing is the Eagles, it's a cake schedule because Emmanuel Acho made a thing about it this week. He wants the Eagles to play more competitive teams. We beat the top two teams in the NFC. The Dallas Cowboys and the Minnesota Vikings are the two other best teams currently on paper in the NFC. And, and that's what the records say, and the Eagles beat them both. We have the 12th hardest schedule so far in terms of strength of schedule. So when I hear that, it proves right there that, you know, I either, I get it. You, you haven't seen the Eagles play, you know, the, the Chiefs, the Bills. That's just how it is. That's what the schedule is. There's no such thing, and I hate the easy schedule in the NFL. That doesn't exist. There's no such thing as an easy schedule in the NFL. There's schedules that may not be as difficult as other teams, but nobody's a layup in the NFL. That's the way it is. That's like, again, I'm not trying to just talk this up. That's the truth. It's the NFL. No matter what you think, the other team has NFL players. But I found it funny that all I heard is all oh, the Eagles are playing one of the easiest schedules of all time, and they've played the 12th hardest schedule so far. Now this game with the Texans, it's got a little extra meaning on it because the currently the Phillies and the Astros are playing in the World Series, right? So you got a Houston-Philly dynamic for this week, and it was supposed to line up perfectly with the Phillies and the uh, Astros playing the World Series in Philadelphia on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, taking a day off on Thursday, and then finishing it Friday and Saturday, if necessary, in Houston. Well, Mother Nature changed those plans. The game on Monday was canceled. It was postponed. 
So they're playing games two or uh, three, four, and five now, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So the Phillies and the Astros will be playing in Philadelphia at the same time that the Eagles are traveling to Houston to play the Texans. It sucks for Philadelphia. Um, it just sucks for baseball. You know, what I, mean? I get it. Like it's tough. Like when your championship is going on in the middle of two regular seasons, the NFL and you know the NBA and, and hockey, they're all going all at the same time. So really, what you want to do is try to maximize your eyeballs for, especially the crowning. You know, it, this is it. This is their Super Bowl. Obviously, it's the World Series. And the baseball had said they did not want to compete with the NFL, and they made a schedule fair to them that was not going to compete with the NFL. There was going to be nothing that ran with the NFL except the Monday nighter, but it was game three. It wasn't going to be a deciding game of the World Series. And now, if things go... Listen, think about this. They're already competing Thursday night with the Eagles, so they have two teams in the same market playing at the same time, which sucks. I think they shouldn't have done that. But the main thing is, they're competing with the Sunday night football game. What I would have done, and I know this is extreme, I get it, but I mean, it is what it is, is I would have had this thing go, you, you just, you want the most eyeballs on your, on your product for its biggest moment. I would have skipped Thursday still, played Friday, and... I just don't want to play Saturday. I, you don't want to play Sunday, and you don't want to play Monday. I mean, I get it. Maybe Monday. I It's tough. I mean, Mother Nature, and again, I, you, you want to get on baseball for it, but really, they kind of got screwed by Mother Nature. It is what it is. They were going to be competing with college football on a Saturday night, and to be fair, that's not that big of a deal. Yeah, I mean, when there's a big game, and I, I to be fair, I don't know off the top of my head what the top college game is. This weekend, and what if it's going to be at night? We could check very quickly, but I can assure you this: there's going to be a lot less viewers for that game than there would be for the NFL. And I'm pulling it up really quickly here. So the top game is Tennessee and Georgia, 3:30 p.m. Saturday. Night games have Notre Dame and Clemson. It's a big game, but I mean. Notre Dame's 5-3, and three. Clemson is obviously unbeaten, so Notre Dame's chances of going to the national championship don't exist really anymore. Um, nothing. Like Texas and Kansas State. You have Alabama and LSU, which is a big game. Yeah, so, I mean, there's stuff there, but nothing that would beat the World Series. And I can't say that about them going against the Chiefs and the Titans, even if it is a Game 7. I think you're going to see that be really competitive in terms of ratings, and that's not what it should be for, you know, the culmination of your of your season for baseball. I will say this for baseball, you know, the Phillies being in the World Series has been nothing but a success because, like, look at look at the interactions that they've gotten with this. The Phillies run Bryce Harper, how he's been, Kyle Schwarber, those guys they're hitting home runs. I mean, the the fans, the energy in Philadelphia has made baseball cool. And trust me, baseball hasn't been cool. That's the issue. People were running away from baseball. And you're hoping this could be kind of a little bit of a, a, a growth spurt here for baseball with a team like the Phillies because and their fans. It's number one. The Philadelphia fans have made this a big deal. 
and they should be applauded because they are putting baseball on their back. Or they're putting, you know, base, yeah, on their backs and carrying them. That's what's going on here. Now for this game with the Eagles and the Texans, right? So, you know, obviously the Texans are, let, let's just call a spade a spade here. They've struggled again. You know, they're 1-5-1. and one. Uh, They're one win against the Jaguars. They tied the Colts opening week. Davis Mills is playing at quarterback for them. He, uh, his numbers this year, eight touchdowns, six interceptions, 1,500 yards. You know, their leading rusher is Damian Pierce from Florida. He's a rookie. He's actually having a pretty good season. Definitely on pace for 1,000 yards. Brandon Cooks, you know, we're familiar with him. He's their top receiver. So they got a couple guys there, but their offense is struggling. I mean, Davis Mills, it, like, they gave him the reins here again to try to see if he could potentially become the guy and, you don't know. I mean, it doesn't look on paper right now like it's working out. But again, they're also a team that's devoted talent. That's clear. They're building again. They're rebuilding the team. I mean, Derek Stingley's a good corner. The kid they drafted from LSU. Steven Nelson, a, a, a familiar face for Eagles fans. He's a corner there for them. So, I mean, but we know that our wide receivers are going to be better than their corners. Now, Lovey's their corner, or their coach. They play cover two, cover three. That's it. They're a zone team. They're a zone-based team. So, if you're going against zones, and we've seen Jalen Hurts has had a lot of success this year throwing against zone. I don't know if they come out of their zone at all for some of these RPOs. We'll see what happens, but the matchup favors, obviously, the Eagles. We're just clearly the better team. We're going to be the better team in every game we play, but this time in particular, it's it's really not particularly close. So I am going to pause here for a brief moment. When I come back, we're going to talk about, like I said, top five teams and the top five quarterbacks right now this season so far. But I do have a brief word here from Anchor. Now, the top five teams so far this season, and I'm not ranking them. I think that's stupid. I, I, I'm i not a big fan of ranking teams in order because, I mean, I guess it's fun. It's really popular for college because it actually does matter, but in the NFL it doesn't. So, because we play it out. <laughs> so the top five teams in the NFL, uh, obviously the Eagles are one of the five best teams in the NFL. That's unquestioned. The Buffalo Bills are one of the five best teams in the NFL. That's unquestioned. The Kansas City Chiefs are one of the five best teams in the NFL. That's unquestioned. The argument becomes four down. Um, I think Dallas is probably, you know, I, I would say to everybody, they would be the consensus fourth best team in the NFL. I know I'm not ranking, but I'm just saying, like, the, there's the top three, and then there's kind of the next tier right now. And, and, again, to be fair to Dallas, Prescott hasn't played. So, you know, they just hung 49 on the Bears here. It looks like their offense is starting to click a little bit. Gallup's back. Um Dallas, four. They have a little bit of a controversy going on there. If, if Pollard's going to be the running back or Elliott, he misses a game. Pollard goes nuts. So uh, maybe some questions there. And they didn't make any other trades. People thought they might try to upgrade a wide receiver, and they didn't. But um, the fifth team. Now, for me, I think this is an argument of four teams in this fifth spot. The five team or the four teams they could argue for fifth. Minnesota. Like I said, we just talked about the Vikings. The 49ers. I know they just got stomped by the Chiefs a week and a half ago. But the 49ers are built for playoff games. That's what they are built for. 
And Christian McCaffrey being there helps them in terms of being built for playoff games. You now saw what Christian McCaffrey can look like once he has a, a comfortability with the playbook. And in one week, look at what happened with Christian McCaffrey last week against the Rams. Now, the other two would be Baltimore. You know, Lamar Jackson, obviously, they've had their moments. But, you know, they stuffed the Buccaneers last Thursday. And then the other team, Miami. I mean, the Dolphins are really good. They made some trades to get really good. And their quarterback is really good. So, those would be my front five teams. I know I named nine. But, I mean, I again, Miami had some losses because their quarterback was out. You know, uh, kind of these teams were dealing with some stuff. Things could change. There could be other teams. Like, you know, yeah, obviously Tampa Bay could fly up if they find, figure out how to play again. Maybe Green Bay figures out what they're doing. The Tennessee Titans have not lost in a while. You know, there, there are teams that could kind of find their way into it. It's not as clear-cut. I mean, I think at the beginning of this year, a lot of these teams were down. Um, I don't envision a lot of them staying down for the whole season. That's the issue. But right now, those are my front nine squished into five. Now, the top five quarterbacks so far this season, in no order, Jalen Hurts is one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. I, I'm sorry. If you want to argue that with me, you're a fool because there's no argument. He doesn't turn the ball over. He's got 16 total touchdowns this year, and the Eagles have one of the five best offenses in the NFL, and they have not lost a game. Jalen Hurts is one of the five best quarterbacks. Uh, Josh Allen, clearly. Patrick Mahomes, clearly. Here's one for you. How about Tua Tagovailoa? Couldn't, you know, nobody wanted to say his name, right? He was a huge bust. That's what I heard, right? The Dolphins needed Tom Brady. They needed Deshaun Watson. No, they got this guy too, and he only leads the NFL in QBR because he's that damn good. He won in college for a reason. But you got to be quick. You know, everybody's got to judge everybody. They want to judge rookies after one season. And I mean, especially at that position. People say, well, you guys judged Rager. Well, there's a big difference between wide receiver and quarterback. Now, fifth, this is tough. There's a lot of ways you can go fifth. You can't qualify really Prescott or Brady or Rodgers, obviously, because, well, Prescott was hurt. Brady's been down in terms of his team, not the way he's necessarily playing. And Rodgers is, I think Rodgers is actually playing rather well. It's just he's got nothing there. But again, he's also got playoff failures that should haunt him on this list as well. I went with fifth right now is with Geno Smith. Geno Smith, I mean... Who in their right mind saw Geno Smith playing the way he's played this year? Like, one, he's an upgrade over Russell Wilson. Think about that statement alone. That team looks like they're having more fun playing for Geno Smith than they have in the last three years. We all thought, oh, man, Metcalf signing there and Lockett. Those guys are done. You'll never hear about Their offense is infinitely better with Geno Smith, and good for him. But those are the five best quarterbacks so far. And the Five slash nine best teams. Eagles, Texans, Thursday night. Eagles, Texans. I will be back after that game. We will go over what happens in the game. And uh, hopefully, we'll be talking about an Eagles victory. Because I'm going to say it right now. I think the Eagles win this game by 20 plus. As they should. They are the superior team. The Texans do not have the offense to keep up with the Eagles. 
Yes, if they play prevent, which will piss me off, but we've seen the book on Gannon. When he plays an inexperienced quarterback, he tries to just play that zone and make them you know, make mistakes, and it, it sort of pseudo-worked against Pickett, but you got to really have that defense line win, and I hate playing 10 yards off, and I'm telling you this right now. Eventually, it, it's going to get them, playing 10 yards off. But I can assure you that's probably what they're going to come out in. I don't envision they're going to get anything exotic to Davis Mills, which sucks because if they did, I think they could win the game by 40. I want everybody out there to stay safe, stay healthy, and stay educated. And as always, go Eagles go. Thank you.